No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Hezekiah becomes ill and God tells him that it will end in death. Hezekiah pleads to live and God grants him 15 more years. But is it for the best? We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Chronicles chapter 32 on Simply the Bible. We know that there is God's perfect will, but is there His permissive will? Is it possible by our pleading to convince God to give us what we want? And if he can be persuaded, is that the best thing for us? This question arises because of a situation in the life of King Hezekiah of Judah. We continue today in 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 24. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death, and he prayed to the Lord, and he spoke to him and gave him a sign. When Hezekiah was sick, the Lord sent Isaiah to tell him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Now, how would you like to receive a message like that from God? What would you do? Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed for healing. In Isaiah 38.3, he said, Remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart, and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah reached the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David your father, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. On the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I will add to your days fifteen years." We can hardly blame Hezekiah for wanting to live longer. We have all been given the instinct to survive. And most of us want to live as long as possible, at least while our quality of life is good. God heard Hezekiah's prayer and saw his tears. As a father is moved with compassion for his children, so our Heavenly Father is moved with compassion for us. The Lord gave Hezekiah 15 more years. And Hezekiah said to Isaiah, What is the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I shall go up to the house of the Lord the third day? Hezekiah wanted a sign that he would truly recover. Then Isaiah said, This is the sign to you from the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing which he has spoken. Shall the shadow go forward ten degrees or backward ten degrees? And Hezekiah answered, it is an easy thing for the shadow to go down 10 degrees. No, but let the shadow go backward 10 degrees. So Isaiah the prophet cried out to the Lord, and he brought the shadow 10 degrees backwards by which it had gone down on the sundial of Ahaz. What an amazing sign. So the shadow moved backward 10 degrees or steps, literally in the Hebrew, on the sundial. Now the sundial of Ahaz was a stairway. So the shadow moved back upward 10 steps. How did God do it? I don't know. How did God give Joshua an extra long day so that he could defeat his enemies? I don't know, but I believe it. You see, if you can believe Genesis 1-1 that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, 
then you should be able to handle all the miracles of the Bible. But Hezekiah did not repay according to the favor shown him, for his heart was lifted up. Therefore wrath was looming over him and over Judah and Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord did not come upon them in the days of Hezekiah. When God blesses us in some way, he wants us to be thankful. When Jesus healed the ten lepers, only one returned to give him thanks. And Jesus said, where are the other nine? Has only one returned to give thanks? This is good for us to remember, especially because Thanksgiving is in two days. We have a Thanksgiving tradition that after we have enjoyed our feast, we go around the table and each one shares something he or she is thankful for as we share our thankfulness for God's blessings and our family. There usually isn't a dry eye. A couple of years ago, my wife's brother dropped in on us unexpectedly from out of state. We were pleasantly surprised to see him at the door and welcomed him in for dinner. When it came time for everyone to share what they were thankful for, he said, I'm thankful for this door, as he pointed at our front door, because I know I am always welcome here. I tell you, this was one of those no dry eye moments. You know, when we do something kind for someone, the thing that makes it all worthwhile is when the person appreciates it. I don't think God is any different. He gives us so much, and he wants us to repay according to the favor shown us by simply giving him thanks and then bestowing the same grace and favor to others. Have you been forgiven by God? Then forgive others. Has God blessed you in some way? And who hasn't been blessed? Even your life is a gift. He's given you food to eat and clothes to wear. Well, then give him thanks for what he's given you. It is amazing how when we cultivate the attitude of gratitude that suddenly our troubles seem to pale in comparison with the goodness of God. Now, at this time of his life, Hezekiah's heart was lifted up in pride. He was at the top of his game. He was wealthy and healthy. God had given him the kingdom of Judah over which he reigned, and now he had an extra 15 years. But in such times of prosperity, that's when we are most in danger. God gave Hezekiah a great victory over the Assyrians. We saw yesterday that one angel killed 185,000 Assyrian troops in one night. But at such times of victory, there is the temptation to think that we have something to do with it. I have found that it is wise that as God blesses, I continually remind myself that I'm not all that great. It is God and his love for his people and I get to watch him work. Like John the Baptist, I am merely the friend of the bridegroom, and I rejoice as I see the bride, the church, with the bridegroom, Jesus Christ. Beware of pride. We are told in Proverbs that it comes before a fall. Pride makes us rob God of the glory that belongs to him alone. Hezekiah did come to his senses and humbled himself for the pride of his heart, and God turned away his wrath from Hezekiah and Judah. Verse 27, Hezekiah had very great riches and honor, and he made himself treasuries for silver, for gold, for precious stones, for spices, for shields, and for all kinds of desirable items, storehouses 
for the harvest of grain, wine, and oil, and stalls for all kinds of livestock, and folds for flocks. Moreover, he provided cities for himself, and possessions of flocks and herds in abundance, for God had given him very much property. Now we saw yesterday that when he had defeated the Assyrians and Sennacherib, you know, went back home and ultimately was killed, that many of the nations gave the Lord gifts and gave Hezekiah gifts because they were so pleased that this nemesis, Sennacherib, was gone. And yet, really, it wasn't Hezekiah that did it, but the angel of the Lord that wiped out the Assyrian army. But Hezekiah benefited from this and became very, very wealthy. This same Hezekiah also stopped the water outlet of Upper Gihon and brought the water by tunnel to the west side of the city of David. Hezekiah prospered in all his works. My wife and I got to go walk through that tunnel, that water tunnel that Hezekiah built. When we went to Jerusalem last January, that was amazing. However, regarding the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon, whom they sent to him to inquire about the wonder that was done in the land, God withdrew from him in order to test him that he might know all that was in his heart. So the Babylonians sent an envoy for two reasons that are given. One in Second uh, Kings, it tells us that they came to bring a gift because they heard that he had recovered from his illness. Here it says that they came to inquire about the wonder. Of course, that astronomical wonder of the sundial going back 10 steps, you know, that would have affected everybody. And they heard that it was because of Hezekiah that that happened. So they wanted to find out about it. But there was another reason. And that was that the Babylonians really wanted Israel to be with them against the king of Assyria. And as we shall see, the Assyrians would be ultimately defeated by Babylon. At this point, Babylon was really, they were nobodies at this point, but they would soon become the next world-dominating empire. So when they came, Hezekiah showed them everything. He showed them all his wealth, his storehouses, the house of the Lord, all the gold and silver, everything that he had. He opened the doors to them. And this was God's test. It says that God withdrew from Hezekiah to see what was in his heart, to test him. Then after the Babylonians left, Isaiah came in. So uh, Hezekiah, who was that that just came? Well, the Babylonians. Well, what did you do? Well, I showed them everything. So Isaiah said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and what your fathers have accumulated until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And they shall take away some of your sons who will descend from you, whom you will beget. And they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. And Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord which you have spoken is good. For he said, Will there not be peace and truth at least in my days? So it would seem that really it was pride that motivated Hezekiah to do the sort of show and tell that he did with the Babylonians. He was tested by God and it would seem that he didn't pass the test because Isaiah said, Look, everything they saw, they're going to take note of that and they're going to be back and they're going to take it all. And uh, Hezekiah said, well, at least it won't happen in my life, you know. And so wasn't really the best thing. 
Now the rest of the acts of Hezekiah and his goodness, indeed they are written in the vision of Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, and in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. So Hezekiah rested with his fathers and they buried him in the upper tombs of the sons of David and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem honored him at his death. Then Manasseh, his son, reigned in his place. Hezekiah was a very good king, but he had weaknesses like all of us. But the question remains, was it best for Hezekiah to live those extra 15 years? It seems that the perfect will of God was to take him at that time, but Hezekiah persuaded the Lord to give him more time to heal him, which the Lord did. But what happened during those 15 years? Well, Hezekiah was lifted up in pride and then the wrath of God was looming over him and Judah. Uh, then this, the Babylonians came in and he showed them everything and they took notes because they would be back later in a few generations to destroy Jerusalem and take away all the goods. And then probably the worst thing of all is that during this time, this 15 years that Hezekiah was given, his son Manasseh was born. And Manasseh would become king and become the worst king of Judah, the most wicked king, and he would reign for 55 years. So, was it best to have that extra time? I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing. Rather than trying to convince God to do things our way, we ought to take notes from Jesus, who, who made his prayer to the Lord and then said, Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have questions or comments, please email us at daryl at calvarytv.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L at calvarytv.org. Tomorrow we'll see where Manasseh reigns 55 years in Judah. He is a very evil king, but when he is taken captive in Syria, he repents. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Chronicles on Simply the Bible.